Hello and welcome back to Reality Check. Uh, in this first year of me officially life coaching, uh, I've noticed some patterns and trends, uh, such as the reasons that push people to decide to contact me in the first place. It's not a shocking revelation, but it seems to bear out that in the natural ebb and flow of life, it's the crises and the breaking points that tell people, uh, okay, something is very wrong and I need help. Unfortunately, that usually means that the first chunk of sessions are devoted almost entirely towards digging out of a giant hole as quickly as possible. Don't get me wrong, that's certainly better than not seeking out a helping hand at all, but I always inwardly lament that my clients didn't seek me out sooner, uh, sometimes even by just a few days. So I guess that this is just my plea to those listening, if you can see an imminent emotional train wreck off in the distance, don't wait. Shoot me a message today instead of next week or next month, and we might be able to avoid it altogether, rather than having to pick up the pieces in the aftermath. And you probably won't be surprised to learn that one of the most common crises that seems to motivate people to seek me out is breakups, which brings me to this uh, episode's topic, communication within relationships. Now, of course, this is a huge topic, but I'll try to cover a few bases that I think are most important. First off, uh, I need to state emphatically that without real healthy communication, any and all relationships are doomed. Human nature being what it is, over time, we naturally begin to resent the people that are around us the most. The saying, familiarity breeds contempt, has a lot of truth to it. The only way to fight against that is through communication and negotiation, which act as a sort of pressure release valve. And before I jump into the meat of the topic, I need to address one line of thought that is super dangerous for all couples, and ladies, I'm especially looking in your direction, unfortunately. Quote, if he loved me or really understood me, he would know what to do or say without me having to tell him or remind him, unquote. This is what I call magical thinking, like somehow if you love someone, you can magically read their mind or otherwise, you know, sort of feel what the other person wants. And then, of course, the assumption is if he knows what I want because of our magical love, then he'll also feel blindly compelled to do it. After all, his primary concern should be making me happy, right? I can't state this emphatically enough. If you approach relationships like this, you will be disappointed by every single one you have. I know it's a cultural thing that movies and TV shows and other media reinforce, but it's a fairy tale of the highest order. As I said, it seems to fall primarily on the female side of things, but it sometimes affects guys too. No, she won't necessarily know how to be exactly what you want in bed if you don't give her feedback. She doesn't have your equipment, so how could she possibly know exactly what feels good to you? Again, you can't count on magical telepathy. Alright, so now that we know that we can't count on magic to maintain our relationships, what should we look to instead? Well, it's really two main components, and I already actually alluded to them by explaining how the magical thinkers bungle it. The first part is the verbalization of expectations, or to put it another way, it's knowledge, having a full understanding of what your partner thinks, feels, and desires. The second part is negotiation, because even once he knows what you want, it doesn't mean he's going to give it to you, especially if he disagrees with it. So let's start with expectations. This is probably where the majority of communication breaks down. And not even necessarily because of that narcissistic, magical thinking from earlier, but sometimes merely due to honest error in perception. For instance, and this is probably one of the biggest sticking points out there, 
Household cleanliness. If we go by generalities, women usually expect a significantly tidier household than men. This isn't due to any inherent or objective right or wrong. This is mere preference. But on both sides, expectations are set based on what each, each person thinks is obviously the way things should be. And both can argue for their sides quite vehemently. The women usually saying, how can you live in this mess? Don't you even care about yourself or your environment? And the man usually responding with, I care about the things that are important, and this isn't high on my priority list. A little bit of clutter is not going to hurt anything. But if you really break this down, this isn't even about rational arguments. It's just about the woman seeing clutter and feeling annoyed, and the man not noticing the clutter and thus not being annoyed by it. And so many arguments start and continue on forever based on this. Expectations are set, usually without us consciously even knowing why or when, and we act as if it's self-evident that the person we love should share those expectations. They seem so basic and axiomatic that we begin to think that there might be something pathologically wrong with our partner because only an idiot or a jerk or a crazy person would think that way. Clearly my way makes the most sense. Why? Well, because... So the first thing to do is to realize that people are different and have different impulses, motivations, and perceptions. It doesn't mean everything is relative, that clutter is still clutter, regardless of whether she exaggerates it or he ignores it. But the point is that the couple needs to talk about how they perceive the clutter and what they expect out of cleanliness levels. Because as long as that discussion remains a fight where I'm right and he's wrong, it will only grow the divide between you. And that brings me to negotiation. Throughout most of these podcast episodes, I keep coming back to the fact that all human relationships are voluntary exchanges. We metaphorically sign unspoken contracts in the beginning, we keep an internal ledger in our heads of favors done versus favors received, and when we feel like a relationship is becoming less voluntary and more obligatory, we build resentment. And so, romantic partnerships are the ultimate exchanges. And in any business arrangement, the name of the game is always win-win. You always want both yourself and the person you are transacting with to feel like you got most or all of what you wanted. Why? Because it means you'll probably do business again. The same is true for relationships, but on a much more frequent basis. Now, as I said earlier, the idea of he should just do it for me because he loves me is utter nonsense. That would be the same as saying that Walmart should just give you stuff because they should want to make you happy. No rational person would argue that, but in so many relationships, people think that their partners should change themselves and sacrifice their desires to the other person because, well, that's what love is all about. So then how do you get that win-win outcome? Well, as I alluded to before, the first step is to lay out all of your expectations with your partner. You need to be specific, both about what you want and why you want it. Sometimes, in defining why you want something, you may even discover that your expectations are irrational or unrealistic in scope. But that's okay. Remember, this win-win approach means that your partner is there to help you get what you really want out of the relationship, at the same time that they get what they want. So what of the negotiation itself? Well, unlike business deals, you probably won't be using money to balance the scales, so it's really more of a barter system. If we go back to the house cleaning example, one way of approaching it is trading task for task. You know, he vacuums and she does the dishes. She cleans the tub, he cleans the toilet and the sink. 
Or you can trade entire genres of task. She cleans the entire house, and he takes care of all the yard work and the cooking. The point is that there's no set way of negotiating. The only goal is that both people feel happy with the outcome. That could even mean that to an outside of observer, it looks lopsided. Maybe all she wants him to do is his own laundry and dishes, and she'll happily take care of everything else. That's fine. It doesn't matter if everything is technically equal, so long as both people feel satisfied. Now, for the magical thinkers out there, this might seem like a distasteful exercise. Like it somehow cheapens your love if you analyze and quantify the things you do for each other to keep the relationship going. Or that in negotiating, it somehow means that your relationship has gone from something fun to more like, you know, work. And we've all heard people babble that a good relationship shouldn't feel like work. Well, that's exactly why I keep saying that you should never judge or decide things with your emotions, because your emotions are the wrong tool for the job. Relationships will sometimes feel like work, and that's okay. When you understand that the natural progression of human contact is that left unchecked, the natural tendency is an entropy that leaves two people despising each other, then having your relationship feel like work here and there for a few minutes or hours, it's a small price to pay. There's no such thing as a long-lasting relationship that never feels like work. So you can add that to the magical notions that we're throwing out today. So if you and your loved one have been arguing about something recently, remember those two steps. Set and explain expectations, then negotiate for win-win resolution. And in all of this, be as honest and open as possible. Don't ever harbor the notion that you need to you know, play your cards close to the vest. As I explained a few episodes ago, vulnerability is essential to relationships. So be as vulnerable as possible and just trust that your partner wants you to be as happy as possible while not sacrificing his or her own well-being. And if you'd like some help working on your communication, either individually or with your partner, shoot me a message and we can set something up. Sometimes it helps to have an objective person there to help you understand uh, you know, what someone is really trying to say. All right, that about wraps up for this episode. Uh, Thanks for listening and have a great week.